Hi. Hello. Hey. How you doing? So well, good. <laughs> welcome back to the Wine About Birth podcast. We are three birth professionals. And best friends. And we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all clitter and rainbows. Ooh. Or as we like to say, <laughs> it's a lot more clit than giggles. <laughs> it's I'm <a> <laughs> I'm Kim Haynes, and I work at a busy birth center. I'm Meredith Rout, and I have a home birth practice here in Winchester, Virginia. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for clients in and out of the hospital and a birth assistant for out-of-hospital midwives. Bum, bum, bum. Hello. So today we're doing like, this feels like a throwback episode because even though we're using our microphones and our fancy equipment, we're sitting on Kim's bed and we're yeah. huddled in a semicircle. And Jess said, it sounds like you're sitting right next to me when I hit replay. <laughs> Kim's like, I, she is. I am. I'm Once right again, they've taken all the pillows and the wall leaning space, but that's fine. I'll just sit at the foot of the bed at your feet like always. We're just helping it's you fine. work on your posture. <laughs> I'm failing. You should be grateful. I have been trying to do that more and I'm not doing a very good job. <laughs> Put your shoulders back. When you have this baby that you haven't conceived yet and you're breastfeeding, it's going to get worse. So you got to throw your shoulders back. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I'll never have large boobs. I have to worry about weighing me down. So it'll be yeah. fine. Tits up. Tits, tits up. up. Tits up. So today we're doing a, um, a continuation from our last episode, our postpartum depression and anxiety episode. But today we get to get into the meat of it. The yeah. Meat, the meat and potatoes. That was a struggle last time as a vegetarian. The meat was nice, but I really just wanted to talk about the solution. <laughs> like the vegetables, <laughs> the of, vegetables the issue. of the issue. I got some really good feedback from someone who had listened Um I saw her at a brewery that we went to last weekend and we oh, love yeah. her. The first or the second time. You didn't tell me about this yet. I did it. Now I'll tell you, I'll tell you, uh, and live, I'll tell you live when everyone's listening. I'm just going on and on right now for some no, reason. Anyway, she said the postpartum episode, it felt like it just hit like everything right home that she just felt like, oh my God, I, I'm identifying with everything they're saying. Like, I feel like I'm alone, but there's people around me. And it just was like super intensely accurate and really identified with everything we were saying. So wow, I hope there's accomplished. Yeah. I hope there's more people feeling that way. And I hope that our resources hit just as hard. <laughs> Just get you right where it counts in the moneymaker. So I, that makes me feel good because I actually felt like because we were not doing solutions that it was just like kind of mm -hmm. doomsday-ish. Like but um, that's really good to know that people did get that message that you're not alone in those feelings from what we talked about. Um, so I think we have like a lot of information to cover mm -hmm. today. So I think it's we should just... a very just, long list, Jessica McKee. Yeah, I think we should just like dive in. Like, like a muff. But before we dive in, <laughs> we are drinking you wine. You teased us. We are drinking wine today. Um, I'm I'm drinking a glass of red wine. I actually don't know what it is. What is it? Winky Minecraft. 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 Try no, it's Pinecroft. So close though. Oh, it's the <laughs> cheap. Um, the yeah, the cheap food line. Brand. Yeah, it was two for seven. Ooh. And so I just grabbed. It's actually really a nice. Brand. Which one is it? Oh no, Pinecroft was. I got it at Food Lion. Food Lion. You guys are wine experts, but only in the cheap wine. I'm not. Only cheap wine. Yeah. Oh yeah. If anyone else like goes to grocery stores around the Greater Winchester, there's also like a really hot guy with a lot of tattoos and a beard, and he's the wine dude. Hello. <laughs> oh, I've, I've heard people that. say, "Have you seen the wine dude?" I'm like, actually, I have. <laughs> yeah. He's married with children. I know he is because I went to one of my friends and I was like, "Oh my god, there's this hot wine guy," and I was looking at him, and my friend <laughs> goes, "Oh my gosh, he's my friend. Do you want to meet him?" And I was like, "No, I'm I think married." You, I actually think you might have tried to hook me up with him. 
when I was single. You kept trying to get me to go to the, like, the store to buy wine. Go to the yeah. store at two o'clock. Maybe he was the meat guy. It was somebody at the store. <laughs> trying to hook you up with Maybe he was else. the wine and meat guy. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm having a glass of uh, wine Moscato also. And I'm drinking I think the out- highlight, though, is your your glass that you're drinking out yeah, of. Yeah, Chuck got me this hilarious glass when we were in... Where do we go on Christmas? With uh, Carly North Carolina to Asheville. Asheville, thank you. You're I welcome. I remember where I was. I and didn't it- get invited, but I know where you went because I was really jealous. No, you asked to come, and I said, no, you cannot. <laughs> I never asked to come. It just you happens. Did. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, back to my wine glass that Chuck got me. It says, if I go missing, please put my face on a wine bottle so my friends know. Awesome. Brilliant. Sounds like it would be an expensive brand of wine, though, and we won't, wouldn't know what that know. was. <laughs> please go to the Dollar General and put my picture in the wine. <laughs> if you listen to our next episode after this episode, you'll hear that we really don't know anything about good or expensive wine. Only the cheap kind. Only the cheap. Yeah. Okay, let's get into the... Let's reel in. So I didn't just want to talk today about solutions for postpartum depression and anxiety because um, I also think that it's important to talk about prevention. For sure. So I thought we would talk before the break. We would talk about like things that you can do to prevent postpartum depression and anxiety. And then after the break, we can talk about if you actually end up with postpartum anxiety and depression, what are some solutions that you can look for? And we have letters all along the way from so many people who wrote in, Hey, we're wearing matching socks. That's because my mom gives them to us wow. every year. Cool. Twice a year. We get Sorry. giant bags of I socks. ADD. I was like squirrel. <laughs> um, Thanks mom. So I think, I think that when, and Being birth professionals and talking to other birth professionals, some of the things that we do is to help educate about birth options because um, there are a lot of things that happen in birth that can increase your risk of suffering from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. And, And when we talk about these things, it's not to judge people for birth choices they made or birth choices they may have made, but I don't know, like in our past podcasts we really like to focus on informed consent and informed choice a lot and so you can't be making informed choice unless we talk about the risk of some of these things yeah there are a lot of birth options out there um winchester seems to be moving backwards but we won't get into that um education is the most important and that's what jess just said i mean there are classes out there that you can take there are youtube videos you can watch you can't just go into pregnancy and motherhood without educating yourself. So there are so many different routes of education um, that Jessica has listed here. I mean, I mean you can do that. <laughs> you can, but and for you some people, are not going to be happy. for some people, that turns out great. Like there Does are it? some people that don't learn anything, don't research anything. They walk into a hospital, they push their baby out and they're happy. Happy but bliss. there's also a lot more people on the other side of that coin that do that and walk out from their births Especially people who go into it with expectations. Yeah. And I feel like our list is going to talk a lot about the physical things that can happen during a birth that can affect your mental health but I also think part of choosing somebody the point of having options is finding somebody who supports your decisions so you feel empowered in your birth choices because a lot of depression is caused by feeling disempowered in your birth but Mm -hmm. I do feel like there are people that go in without expectations that also they don't realize that they would be traumatized and they end up traumatized because they didn't know things so there's people on both sides of the coin um but I do think it's so important to know about your choices and what can increase risk. And so let's talk about just like if you're taking a class, you're, you're planning for your birth, 
What are some of the things that we talk about that can increase your risk for postpartum depression? Why could that be true? I don't know. What's your list say? I can see the list, so I can start with the top of the list. Well, a lot of the things on the list are about medications that you're offered at the hospital that mess with your hormones Mm -hmm. that can affect your ability to cope with, one, what happens with you, but two, just throw off all of your hormones so that even if you do have a really positive birth experience, it's hard for you to come up with the hormones that you need to have a happier postpartum. Yeah, and so one of the top things that we're talking about um, is Pitocin. So... um, we love Pitocin. We love using Pitocin when it we is feel a tool like, and a resource. Yeah. But like all things, it's weighing risks versus benefits. And so I feel like today there's a lot of people being offered Pitocin. Um, Unnecessary. For, unne- for induction. Yeah. For induction. Or even postpartum. So um, I know we've talked about hormones a lot on this podcast, but hormones of birth are really supposed to, when you are working through labor in a natural way, your hormones release in a very, oh my God, I you are literally the worst. I know. I forgot to turn my ringer off. Um, your hormones release at very specific stages and they are supposed to climax at the moment of birth and give you that birth, birth high. high. Um, we're talking about a lot about oxytocin, serotonin, oxytocin. Yep. all and these so, delicious yummy hormones. There's so there is some research pointing to that Pitocin either for induction or even for the birth of the placenta, which everyone gets. If you if you are in Winchester and you have an IV, there is going to be Pitocin. Not even just in Winchester. I've, I've never every, been anywhere that every, I, I can only clients. say Winchester because I don't go anywhere else. Every but. hospital I work at. Routinely and gives Pitocin without even telling. And an IV. It's one of the biggest and informed consent issues I feel like in yeah. our medical system, and, and the, nobody's talking about it. And we're th- there's different um, reasons for Pitocin. So if you're if you're getting one shot, and I'm impressed when a woman says like as she's bleeding, I'm like I'm gonna give you a shot of Pitocin, and she says, well, what about postpartum? That's not gonna affect my mood, is it? And I'm like, wow. First of all, good job researching, but also one shot in the muscle is way different than an extended period, which Jess was talking about for induction. Or, yeah, Mm -hmm. for uh, postpartum for your placenta. But there's also the difference of, like, even a small amount of Pitocin, if it's not necessary, Mm -hmm. it is still going. So the thing about Pitocin we're talking about is that um, Pitocin is a synthetic oxytocin. So natural oxytocin is created in your body, and it crosses your blood-brain barrier. So it causes your uterus to contract, but it also... Floods into high. that blood-brain barrier, and it creates that birth high. It creates bonding hormones. Um, synthetic oxytocin does not cross the blood-brain barrier the same way as natural oxytocin does, and so it so, doesn't stay in your system as long. Um, <clears throat> but it's also your body might not release its own oxytocin the same way when you're getting synthetic yeah because if those receptors are flooded with synthetic hormones they're not going to realize that they have to create their own so So then when those fade out you're left without your own natural so there is some there is some um study showing that it can increase postpartum depression now there's some people that say they don't know if that's because there tends to be a lot more intervention and things happening in uh, otherwise when you have births that are use medication induced or Mm -hmm. use medications um so it could be other reasons but there could also be that hormonal reason and so we're not saying don't use pitocin but we're saying be aware of that Mm -hmm. um and if it's something that you're concerned about talk to your providers because you can avoid it unless it's medically necessary because what what small dose would you be talking about that might not be necessary 
Like are there like pe- for instance when everybody gets pitocin immediately after the birth for their placenta? Yeah, no, I'm saying but but I'm saying like what you were saying, like a shot in the leg. I know you wouldn't give a shot in the leg to every single person. No. Just in case. But you're saying there are people who do. And even that would be it, it could per, it could change how they release. Their right. Hormones. Or talk to your your clients about other options. Like there are tinctures that can do similar work as Pitocin. Yeah. So if they are concerned about it or have a history, I didn't say the same. I said similar. <laughs> and there's also the, the risks versus benefits. So it's like if you're hemorrhaging, the risks of hemorrhaging are a lot more important. Right. At that moment than the risks of having having postpartum anxiety, anxiety or depression right so it's like it's talking about using it on an as-needed basis not just using it for every single person preventatively for sure. which is individualized care and how yeah. everything should be approached yeah and why each person should make a decision about how they feel about that um and find a team to work with them so that's just one of the things um another one is epidurals mm. Bum, bum, bum. Sorry, epidurals are actually great tools also at times. They can also. They, yeah. All of these things can be super great tools. Mm-hmm. When used wisely. Yes. But they are also proven to change the way your body releases endorphins and other hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a risking. It's, the, it's again weighing those risk versus benefits because there are some people who go into a birth not wanting to feel pain Mm -hmm. and they would feel traumatized and be, and we'll talk a little bit about trauma from birth and how it can be different for different people or trauma from different aspects of your life that contribute to birth trauma. Yeah. But so it's like, it's talking about what would traumatize one person in a birth would not in another birth. So one person, if they go in and get an epidural to them, their birth dreams were ruined and they would be more traumatized from that. Um, And that could increase postpartum depression but for another person having to go through natural birth could also be a triggering event be a triggering event for them and could so it's like so we're not saying these things to say don't get epidurals it's saying know that that is something that can happen with your hormones and be intentional about working through your own fears and hopes Mm -hmm. with your with your birth process and figure out what would work best for you in that situation and if you're a person that's like "Ah, i'll take the drive through epidural and be fine with it then you probably will be fine with it yeah, you might be. There are t- tons mm-hmm. of people that that is, happens to. And then there are other people that... But if they're bullied into it, like, oh, you're obviously struggling. Let's just get you an epidural so you don't have to feel anything else. Like, that might come back. And there might be a lot of people that do struggle with postpartum depression. Or there, there's risk factors. Like, people that have suffered with depression and anxiety before being pregnant are at a higher risk of having it postpartum. And so right. it's like weighing your risks your risk factors and making those choices for yourself being aware that those things are possibilities and even if you have a really beautiful birth that you feel like isn't going to lead to you having postpartum depression or anxiety a lot of the women that we work with that do end up with postpartum depression anxiety have really really beautiful births um but because of a history or because of a thyroid hormonal issues right which we'll talk about all this stuff throughout today they end up having issues in it. So we're not just saying that hospital births with thousand interventions are the things that are going to cause postpartum depression. Like not people who have really wonderful births still experience this as well. So this is an issue across the board for everybody within the birth realm. You don't have to, you can fall in any part of the spectrum of birth and have this experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody needs to be aware of their own issues and anxieties going into it, no matter what your hopes are for your birth. 
And then I think it's important to talk about, we touched on it a little bit, about hiring birth teams, like we said, that align with your birth, your vision of birth. Because I'm on these forums on Facebook. I don't know if you guys are on them as much as me. Absolutely not. Nope. (laughs) I follow this one VBAC group, and um, it's just amazing to me all these women who are getting on there and saying these things about like, I told my doctor this and they said that. And it's just like, they're giving them this completely inaccurate information and they're scaring the life out of them and they don't really know what to do with it. And it's like all those things, like I feel like that's one of the biggest triggers for postpartum depression is feeling out of control in your birth, Mm -hmm. especially when you have researched and you have done the stuff and you know what you want. And then you can't find a provider to support that. Or, or you're lied to by your provider and they don't do anything they say they will do. And then you're just left laying there by yourself yeah. alone. The studies surrounding doulas, um, they do show an increase in satisfaction with your birth, decrease in intervention. Um, and so hiring- Has there been research around them in postpartum depression and anxiety as well? Um, yes. So they do show that they there can be a decrease in postpartum depression and anxiety. But I do like to say that not all not all doulas are created equal. And so I do also see on these VBAC or the these huge birth groups that people are just like, yeah, I hired a doula and she was worthless. And so it's like, really? That's sad. It is sad. Are you surprised? It it is sad when that happens. But I do think it's important that when you're hiring a doula, don't just look for someone that says, hey, I'm a doula. Like, talk to people Mm -hmm. who have given birth with her. Like, talk to her and ask her questions. Also, just like you would for if you're hiring a midwife or an OB. Or find those who are specialists in certain topics or issues that you're passionate about or need help in with what you want and what her experiences with those things are. And I do like to say that like, there are some really new doulas that do like a really kick-ass job. Mm -hmm. Hey, Emily, we love you, Emily. It can be hard to know who they're going to be. So if, if you are needing a doula and like can't afford one or whatever, I do think it's better to get a new doula than no doula at all, like for sure. Yeah, all the research shows just having someone standing in the room with you saying, I'm here for you, increases your um, birth experience and happiness. Happiness. So yeah, really like, and some people get overwhelmed and they don't really take the time to, or they're they're so much more likely to say like, oh, everything will just be fine. Um, I know I did it with my first birth, but... It's so, so important to put the work into finding a birth team that you feel like will really support. align with how you mm-hmm. feel and support you and what you want for if, your birth. If nothing else, take a class. I mean, I've had most of our moms take Liz's class and she's amazing. But every once in a while, someone will say, I don't need a class. Like I was made to do this and I'm fine. And of course they get through it. But then afterwards they're like, oh my God, I never would have imagined yeah. that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, and I'm no like, idea. What do you mean? Like the baby was obviously coming out of your vagina and mm-hmm. it was obviously not going to be easy. And they're just in shock over it. But there's so much you can learn in one class, even if you have a midwife. Um, it's just so important. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm looking at your list and I feel like what you're speaking to earlier about if you know that you're at risk, there's things that you can do to help prevent, which is what I'm talking about right now. But I wanted to, can we jump to... 
letter the letter yeah, because that's what i was looking for right now because i feel like she had a she has a lot of really good ideas but i feel like one of them in terms of like finding your support people is she talks about what she asked you to do to help her prevent her postpartum anxiety and it seems like so simple just yeah. increasing your oxytocin a little bit to help get that flow going because even though she had a beautiful at-home natural birth she yeah. knew she had a history even with having natural births of having issues with oxytocin and things like that. So yeah. she asked you to do something so simple that ended up increasing her happiness postpartum exponentially. So this letter is a little bit long, and but it, it covers a lot of the different subjects we're, we're talking about today. So it will jump around from what we're talking about. But I do think it's an important um, letter. And I also think it speaks to moms who have had such good experiences and don't feel like they're, it's okay for them to say, I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. Because if a mom has the the you know quotation mark perfect birth and has the perfect family and they might feel bad saying they're struggling with these things but it's still okay for those people to struggle yeah well it's like we were talking about so much earlier that you said was connected with it's like you have people all around you and they they can Mm -hmm. be the most well supportive people in the world but if you feel alone none of that really matters okay so i'm just gonna dive into this letter like Um, a muff So she said, as I sat in my comfy bed staring at my gorgeous two-day-old son, I was perfectly in love. I was well-supported by my amazing husband. There was a meal train set up, and I had an excellent birth team attending me. My birth was everything I had hoped it would be. It was calm, peaceful, fast, 80 minutes, and dare I say it, pain-free. Words couldn't describe how blessed I felt. Then it hit me, that all-too-familiar wave of sheer panic. I hadn't felt it in years. My heart threatened to beat right out of my chest while my body began to shake and my palms went clammy. No, this is all wrong. Why now? So she felt like she had done everything right and she's still being hit with And she did. She She literally did everything right. And she's still being hit with this wave of anxiety. She said, I knew it was mostly hormone related, but how could I battle this? Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I'm so glad that in that moment I had no idea that panic would stay around and loom its ugly head for nearly a year to come. I knew that placenta encapsulation would help, but the person who was doing it hadn't even started it at two days postpartum, and I was in the throes of a hormone drop. I reached out and asked if they would please start it immediately. I needed it ASAP. I had to learn what my body thrives on and what caused the anxiety to thrive. Here's what I learned. So these are her bullet points of takeaways. Although the meal train was so great for great and very much appreciated, I had to nix most of it for myself and stick to healthier whole foods. I guess because when people make meal trains, it's sometimes... It's easy to make cheesy, carby things. Yeah. Because oh, you're making mass over quantity. Well, I think she quality. did with this birth. This is the birth before the last. Um, she said, I had to make sure I was getting as much sleep as possible. This was difficult, but necessary. I just slept when I could, which mostly meant not staying up after we got the children to bed to hang out with my best friend slash husband. You guys are so cute. Oh, stop it. She said, we made up for a later, winky face. Um, count... <laughs> Counseling helped me and was necessary for several months as I vocalized my biggest fears and scariest thoughts. I really like to focus on this and we will in the second half. But when you do not vocalize your fears, they tend to get bigger and bigger in your head. If you get them out through, why are you laughing at me? If you get them out through like just vocalizing them to somebody who understands or anyone at all. I wish everyone had a Meredith or Jessica as soon as I get what I'm thinking out, I feel better. Yeah. It's just all you, so much just it validation. It's so much more insignificant. Not that these things are insignificant, but it seems smaller. It puts it in perspective. Yeah. Um, I had to learn to accept help. 
especially with my older children. Stop feeling guilty accepting it when people offer to help. If I offer it, I mean it. So I needed to stop assuming I was too much of a burden and say yes to those offers. I think this is a big thing. Huge. Huge. (laughs) Wow, you guys. That was not planned. Um, Because... When people say, like, let me know if you need anything, the thing is, is that people really mean that. Mm -hmm. And it's not like what's helpful to a mom who's afraid to ask for help, but um, people want to feel useful. And if they can do something that makes them feel like they're useful to a new mom, they love that. Like, because they've been if especially if they've been through that so like if they walk in you're like oh my god can you vacuum my floor can you clean my toilet can you change my kid's diaper and they it makes can you them hold feel, this baby while i shower yes people want to help and can they you take want, them all away for a week <laughs> they really want to feel useful so if people are offering help like take yeah the help they want to do it um this is something for her stop trying to exercise so early six weeks was not enough time to to this go around it caused her body to go into protective mode and her anxiety got worse it was too much too fast i do feel like a lot of women do try to go back sooner than they should because they think it's going to help their anxiety well that's because every time we look at a people magazine cover it's like oh look she just had a baby two days ago and somehow she has abs like yes megan markle talking about you (laughs) you're fabulous and we love you (laughs) And she also said she clung to her faith and she begged for help. And she said, you know what? It all got better. In fact, better than it's ever been in my entire life. Walking that journey was tough, but it freed me in a lot of ways, too. She said when she found herself pregnant again a year and a half later, um, I told you hubby and I made up for lost time. Winky face again. (laughs) My first thought was what if it happened again? I was honest with my midwife. Kim and Meredith make a great pair. Yeah, you do. Oh, thanks. Thanks to continuity of care. She walked with me during my last pregnancy and knew all about it. She asked me every meeting how I was feeling emotionally so she could keep tabs on me and help as needed. Um, This is another thing we're going to talk about a little bit. She started taking a high quality CBD oil early. Say what you will, but she chose to try to treat it preventatively with an herb first. Okay, and it's legal, so yes, Mm -hmm. yay. Some people still frown on it. And there's not a lot of research on it, but that's because nobody's doing it. She said it worked well to to keep it at bay while she was pregnant and she continued after delivery. She also told my doula, that's me, shout out to Jess, <laughs> that upon reflection, I think that part of her problem was that since her birth went so fast, her body didn't have time to release much, release much oxytocin. Although on paper my birth had gone so well, it was the first time I didn't experience that euphoric feeling afterward. The birth high never came, and although I was in love with my gorgeous son, I felt cheated that after all that hard work, it just felt like any other day. So what did my doula extraordinaire do? Wow, that's so nice. I'm just reading this. <laughs> uh-huh. It was pretty extraordinary. I don't. You never it's told me you were going to do this. So afterwards, I was like, what is she doing? Why is she it's doing not. that? She came within minutes of my I think it's time text. Um, literally, you had your baby within minutes of your I think it's time text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, thankfully, she it. lives close. And upon arrival, she immediately started with soft touch and massage to help encourage oxytocin production. Even though it was another fast birth, about 45 minutes of active labor, oh my God. I did experience the afterbirth high, and I must also mention that she continued with that for at least an hour, maybe two, after the birth to continue to encourage the oxytocin to flow. A good doula is a must, people. Um, I hired someone to encapsulate my placenta who had a reputation for being very prompt. She picked it up the same day I delivered and had it returned the very next day. I was more honest with myself and those around me about what I needed this time. I had people ready to help with my older children. And on the meal train this time, I requested healthier foods. 
She continued with her CBD supplement, took emotional alley in the early days to make sure she was nurturing herself as many ways as possible. Um, she said, I can't thank my birth team enough for all they did. I, they checked on me when and would have done anything I needed during my pregnancy and postpartum. Kim, Meredith, and Jess, you guys are the birth dream team. I feel so blessed to have such a knowledgeable, fun team to love and care for me and my family during these precious moments. Aw. Uh-huh. Thanks, lady. Thanks for that. Well, you're an amazing breeder, and without you, <laughs> without you, we wouldn't have had so much practice. <laughs> I've never actually gotten to be in labor with you because it goes so quickly. So I literally good. walk She's in when so you're pushing amazing. the baby out. Yeah. She's so um, amazing. So, but I, th- I want to talk before a break a little bit about some of the things she mentioned on, like, um, we need to talk a little bit about for prevention, um, placenta encapsulation. Like, what do you guys think about placenta encapsulation? I like to say I'm for against it. <laughs> so it's like a, Tell a us more. yes with a no aftertaste. <laughs> um, Actually, that's Kyle's line. Um, I love placenta encapsulation for people with a history of anxiety and depression. I urge it for people with a history of anxiety and depression. But for someone that has like awesome postpartums, I'm like, whatever. Well, you were one of those people that ended up getting like headaches. Yeah, I didn't. And you were super jittery from it because you're. Yeah, my blood pressure. Hormonally balanced. I'm hormonally balanced. But it's like it's huge because it's if you are not hormonally balanced then it's it's, it's just like the aid. cheapest it's a supplement. way to yeah. help you through your postpartum we're the only animals that don't need our placenta to help replace iron and hormones yeah i don't feel super strongly about postpartum um, placenta encapsulation but um i would say that i think i know a lot of people that it has helped and i know some people that it hasn't helped but yeah. i always think that it's better to have it mm-hmm. and not need it mm-hmm. than and it then, is to need and, it and not have it. And you can just stop taking it. I will say one client said that she experienced like rage and extreme depression that she felt was linked to the placenta encapsulation, but that's just one out of Yeah, yeah it's not hundreds. a super common story. And she story. could yeah. just stop taking it as opposed she to someone did. who it would help mm-hmm. who they, they can't take it if their placenta's gone. I also point. feel like for those clients who like to be proactive, if they feel better knowing they're doing something, for like sure. if they enjoy doing labor prep herbs or if they enjoy doing evening primrose oil or things like that that help them feel like they're doing things to prevent issues or in that sense in that sense of the anyways um then yeah why not it's only it can't yeah. if it's gonna hurt you can stop and if you're not sure jen likes to point out jen davidson the other midwife that i work with now woot woot, um she likes to point out that you it doesn't matter where you birth you can ask for your placenta take it home put it in the freezer and then if you find that you do need something we can hook you up with a placental placental placenta encapsulation person no matter where you live so at least you have it in your freezer as like a backup plan if you find like you need it like you said so before we take our break i also just wanted to cover one more thing in the prevention thing and that it and then it's something that's easy for people to ignore but trauma can really impact your birth and trauma can really impact your postpartum so um i really find it helpful for people to work through especially sexual abuse trauma mm-hmm. And that's something that is really easy to people tend to like shut the door on it and put it away. And then it can come like glaring out of that Pandora's box through the the birth and postpartum process. Um, So I really encourage people to share with your birth team if you have experienced sexual trauma and to journal through that, like get or go to counseling, go to to a psychologist, because working through that can really help your birth go better. And also your postpartum 
period. Um, I also think it's super helpful for even if it's not like sexual trauma, even if it's past birth trauma, which is a real thing. Um, using like hypnobirthing, those meditation tracks or mindfulness and meditation can really help and journaling can really help work through traumas or fears that you have surrounding birth. If you don't, if you have a birth team, um, like if you're birthing in the hospital and you see your provider for 15 minutes or six minutes and that's, you're never going to be able to have time to talk through trauma with them, but that's when you need to hire a doula or just have someone there that that's going to get you through it and then take time prenatally to work through it with them. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't have an out of hospital team that has time to sit and listen to you talk for an hour, hire a doula who does and make that be their main thing is to help you through this past trauma. You just have to get it out so that somebody that's going to be in the room with you knows that it has occurred and knows how to help you through that so that you don't get stuck in a rut in labor with with people who have no idea what your what your issue is but please don't just try and think you can put in a box and it won't affect you because birth really can bring a lot Mm -hmm. of those things back up um and then speaking of mindfulness and meditation um we're going to go to our break we're going to talk a little bit more about mindful mamas and then we're going to come back and talk about some more resources for people who are experiencing postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety awesome cue the music oh yeah mindful mamas mindful mamas app what is mindful mamas app well mindful mamas is a maternal wellness company dedicated to serving mothers around the world Um, They believe that they need to talk about what mothers need, but also how mothers want to be in motherhood. They are launching their app for iOS and Android in March, and it's teaching moms to fit mindfulness and self-care into their busy lives. Whether they have 60 seconds or 10 minutes, um, they help them get in sips of self-care anytime, anywhere for any stage of motherhood. So Mindful Mamas was created by moms who struggled with postpartum mood disorders and who largely attribute their wellness and health to mindfulness and meditation. Mindful Mamas strive to normalize the realities of motherhood, give mothers personalized, practical tools for inner peace, and change the narrative around what mothers need and how they feel. So I encourage you to go check out their app, check out their website, and um, really... Think about how you could incorporate meditation and mindfulness into your postpartum. Treat yourself. Exactly. Their website is www.mindfulmamasapp.com. And you can get on there now and you can learn more. And you can also pre-order the app before it officially becomes available on the App Store on March, March 19th, 2020. All right. Back to our episode. Welcome back from the break. Welcome back. So speaking of placenta encapsulation, we have this super short, super sweet email um, regarding placenta encapsulation and some other things. So it says, hi, I'm not sure if Meredith remembers me, but I suffered severe postpartum. I definitely remember you. For sure. I I do too, by the way. I haven't seen you in a long time, but it's nice (laughs) to hear from you. Hello. I suffered severe postpartum and she had to come take care of me at one point because no one in my family showed up and my ex-husband treated me like, quote, you were strong enough to have no medicine. Can't you just take care of yourself? Unquote. Yeah, that was rough. (sighs) 
That's unfortunate. Yeah. It does say ex-husband. That's not okay. It does say that. It does. Yeah. That makes sense in hindsight. (laughs) It took three placenta pills a day to finally be my prescription that helped. I also had to source placenta pills from another mom to continue to get help. Talk about it encapsulation and please let me know if I can help. Exclamation point. Also, what I... I remember her placenta, but what I took away from her most was she really just needed to be heard. And I feel like we're going to talk about that more, but like finding your support group and finding your people that just listen to you when you Mm -hmm. say that you're not handling well, when you say, I want to hurt myself and I feel really unhappy, just people who will actually listen to you and not minimize it and take it seriously. So that's really important to find that community. So talking about that in a lot of our letters that we got, um, people had stated that they finally found a psychologist that was able to work with them to help them. And so that's not always easy to find Mm -hmm. is a good psychologist that's actually going to help you. Um, And in hindsight, actually, I feel like I jumped to wanting to hurt yourself. I don't remember that being a part of this person's story. I remember her saying she felt really, really, really disconnected from herself and her baby and instead of like minimizing it by being like oh this is just normal postpartum it's normal to be exhausted like listen to people when they're saying that to you and take it seriously because better be safe mm-hmm. and help them find resources and be sorry later when they're in a lot worse place i agree didn't you find some um resources uh to find yeah psychologists I actually that can re- help you i realized when i was looking at these that we actually recommended some of these to a client before when she was struggling so when she was having a hard time, we contacted Postpartum Support International, which is a group that has regional support coordinators all over the country, and you call them, and they help you. One, they're a listening ear, so they'll hear what you have to say, and they have experience with that, and it's all volunteer-based, so this is most likely people who've struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety themselves, so they understand where you've been. So it's kind of like the La Leche League of Postpartum yeah, Depression. Yeah, and then they'll help you re- get referrals for local providers and psychologists and um, counselors to to get more long-term what support. What is that called again? Postpartum Support International. And if you okay. go on to, they have a page where it lists all of the regional coordinators. Okay. And then another one is the Postpartum Stress Center. And they actually have a clinician referral list. So if you just, you know that you need psychological help, they have a list of providers um, all over the country as well for you to go to if you want to consider medical support. So I looked into this area and they have a number of them in Alexandria Falls Church in Fairfax. And we're going to be posting links to these different groups on our social media this week after we release this episode so that people can actually see um, what these places are. And I have someone um, who I love more than the universe and they were struggling from depression, not postpartum, but I just started Googling like free mental health help, like free counseling. And there's a ton of places out there. Many of them are like church-based or community-based or group-based. But honestly, it's like if it's free or if it's low cost, anything is better than nothing. You just have to take your phone out and Google it. Yeah. And so that, and then there are other support groups locally for people. So we are in the Winchester area. So I know that Jane Hot, she's the postpartum doula that um, we have talked about on our podcast before. She runs a free postpartum support group um, through the Winchester Hospital. She's also looking to branch out into like the birth centers to do those. But like we were saying, um, sometimes just having people like hearing that you're not alone and having people that you can meet with in a similar situation can be super helpful. And it doesn't even have to be a postpartum depression group. Like those are helpful, but then also, um, going to like a little HLE group, just somewhere where it's new moms 
that are going to get what you're going through. I really like Meetup too. It's a website where you can look up different groups in the area that meet regularly. And and Meetups really do meet regularly, like I would say weekly. So there's a bunch of mom groups on that as well. And I know there's a lot of you out there that just hate groups. Like, oh gosh, I'd rather shoot myself in the foot than go to a group setting. But if you can find a way to surround yourself with people in the same phase of life, I mean, if you're in the party phase of life, then surround yourself with those people. But if you're having kids, then you want to be around other people having kids. Because then if you say, oh my God, my kid shit his brains out. It's all over the floor. They're not going to be like, so... They'll be like, oh, my God, the last time that happened to me, this is how it went. And you'll just feel like connected and validated and heard yeah. and just put yourself with the same group of people that are in your same phase of life. There's, it is. There's so much to be said. So about much. Feeling like your feelings are OK and validated. Um, and then like moving on from like groups and talking into some of the like actual like if there's physical issues going on, what are things that we can look at? So I was sent a link for um something called napro doctors napro trained doctors like n-a-p-r-o yes and so basically what they do is they do hormone therapy so they check your hormone hormone levels and then they can provide you with like bioidentical progesterone shots and so i got sent stories about this um and so basically she said I had the PPA, so postpartum anxiety, from Hades after one of her births. I weaned her just to get my hormones back because I knew I always felt normal when my cycles returned. I knew the shots might help. So she's talking about the bioidentical progesterone shots. But she was too afraid, a.k.a. anxiety, to try them. She said, I make barely any milk anyway, so when the cycles returned, after two had come and gone and I was much improved, but noticing the anxiety at ovulation and post-ovulation, it was light, PPA light. I had a napro doc test my hormones. Sure enough, on my worst days, my progesterone was much lower than my estradiol. She put me on bioidentical progesterone 10 days a month and I leveled out. That's when I realized the shots would indeed have helped me. I used the progesterone for a year and a half and took myself off of it with no problem. So it helps not only PPA slash PVD, but the cycle related mood and psychological issues as well. Um, and so she said there are some locally to us, but you can also find them all over the country. Um, one website she sent me was naturalwomanhood.org. Um, you make me feel sorry. That's totally unrelated. I've wanted to do that so many times this episode. Naturalwomanhood.org. But then she also sent me the like, you can just Google NAPRO trained doctors, N-A-P-R-O trained doctors and find doctors that will test your hormone levels. And she said, I tried Lexapro. It worsened the anxiety. I get panic attacks from benzodiazepines. There was literally nothing that could help me with the anxiety except getting my hormones back. In addition, insomnia often accompanies the condition. In my case, only Seroquel, a bipolar med, actually was able to knock me unconscious. Nothing lighter than that did the job. It was brutal. I can totally see how moms get hospitalized postpartum. It started lightly after my fifth baby, didn't happen after six, 
got bad after the seventh and the ninth took the cake. She has a lot of kids. If you didn't know, I was going to say, no wonder you need a hormone shot. So she made it through five kids before feeling Mm -hmm. this. That is. Yep. That's amazing. And she said, that's why you haven't had more Kim because you would. I stopped there. (laughs) She said it was only after I had gotten better from the postpartum anxiety following number nine that I realized what I had been through after the seventh baby. I had no idea. I thought I was just having a mental crash following the baby's awful two month bout of RSV. Anyway, sorry for the novel, but um, she said it, it sticks with you and it's very traumatic. So, yeah, she went through that and the NAPRO doctors were really able to help her. So that's one source that you can look at if you feel like it's your hormones. Yeah, I have a friend. Actually, that's right. My friend is going through like a hormonal journey because of her gluten intolerance. And she's seeing a naturopath who has been working with her to offer a lot of supplements to balance out her hormones. So they do the same hormonal testing. But instead of the shots, she's doing a bunch of supplementation. So that's also an option for people in this area. But do these two options require insurance or do the NAPRO um, physicians like do they have self-pay options? I don't know, Kim. That's okay, a great I'm question. sorry. Just if really, anything, you probably really have to do an out of spot. You probably have to like, do an out of network exception I'm for thinking, most things. Is that five dollars? Because if it's not five dollars, I'm not going to do it. That's what I was thinking. Well, but Kim, people need to invest in their mental health too. Yes, they do. But if I know they there's people that to. can't. But regardless of like, call and see get the information. How Absolutely. much that is, and yeah. how much like what it would take to get that kind of stuff covered. Yeah. Well, I feel like Kim and I had a really eye-opening experience with a client who was having really severe postpartum depression and psychosis. Me too. I was her doula. Oh, that's true. It was all three of us. Sorry. Um, Don't kick me out of this. (laughs) Sorry. Join us in this this very difficult journey. We're all together. Um, And we like we did so much. Like she did so much. She did so many things that she, she tried everything. And then she went to a doctor and someone finally tested her thyroid, which is a standard test. You would get that in any physician. That was a fail on my part. And on I my, all of us, even none think of us about thought it. about it. And her thyroid was like completely tanked. tanked. She had zero thyroid And she had no history out. of thyroid problems leading up to that, though. And thanks to her going through all this, I know that's one of the first things. We'll that always I test will thyroid. Check. Yeah. Yep. So it was at the expense of very many weeks of her postpartum but we've learned this really valuable lesson about the thyroid and that isn't something you need to go to a specialist for you go to your local provider and ask them for a thyroid test and go from there um so then i I wanted to go on to it's like so if you've done all these things you've you've gone to a psychologist you've checked your your hormone levels you've like some people actually do need medications to help them yes Mm -hmm get through there's no shame in that there's there's no shame in that at all there's not and so we have another story to talk about that and it also i'm sharing this whole story because it also talks a lot about women's experiences and what they can experience and also what finally helped her and so what she said she said my my postpartum anxiety and depression started when i was around 11 months postpartum with my third son Which a lot of people would minimize because it's 11 months out, but mm -hmm. it's still postpartum depression and anxiety. I had stopped nursing, which I would like to say that it is proven that nursing your baby, it releases hormones that help prevent postpartum anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot of oxytocin. Not that it's going to prevent it for everybody, but it's one of those keys that can help. Um, So she said, I had stopped nursing, slowly weaning him, and that's when it all started. I had never experienced it before. I started with depression. My husband would offer to take the kids while I went to the grocery store and I would send him a list to grab it on the way home from work. 
I canceled plans constantly. One day I went to lunch with a friend and she said, I don't understand why you're acting so weird lately. I blame being tired. I didn't want to leave the house. This is unusual behavior for me because I'm a social person and love interacting with people. Then I started having what felt like my eyes were bulging from my head. So I blame hormones. That sounds like a thyroid thing to me. Or blood pressure. Okay. Um, And maybe I needed a new prescription. After that, I started having the worst thoughts and vivid visions. I would drop my son off at the bus stop, and when he would get out of the van and shut the door, I would try to drive away. And although I could see him in my rearview mirror standing um, there, I thought maybe his backpack got stuck in the door and I was dragging him up the hill. I would roll down my windows listening for a scream. And I could see him, and he was fine. I did this every single time. Full panic by the time I got home, which was two seconds. I would be emptying the dishwasher and have a knife in my hand. And all I could think is that it would fly out of my hand and stab my kids. And I would vividly see it happening. Holding my 11-month-old, I would watch him fall from my arms over our banister, which I wouldn't even go near. And I would see him below and he didn't survive. I constantly got up in the middle of the night to check and make sure all my kids were okay. My husband didn't see what was happening. No one did. I was so scared to go to the doctor. I feared they would take my kids. After about almost four weeks, I decided I needed help. I knew something was very wrong and I couldn't fix it. Um, When I went in, I told the doc only some parts out of fear, which is a reoccurring theme in these letters. Mm -hmm. Like people are scared to, to talk about what they're feeling. And he looked at me and said it was not PPA or PPD, that I was too far past that. I just had anxiety and depression. I saw another doc who diagnosed me with actual PPA and PPD. I took meds, and within two weeks, my visions went away, and I finally felt like leaving my house. I was no longer crippled with fear, and I feel doctors like that are what make us moms go to the doc in the first place. I researched my symptoms and I knew what was going on. I know not all women are as lucky to recognize the symptoms they are having and go get help. I pray that the community surrounding moms knows and see this, sees the signs for that mama, whether she is one day postpartum or over a year. So that story just gives gives me anxiety. Like I can't. Yeah, even it's really intense. Imagine, but it's a lot of people's reality and they're and, yeah. and people don't share that because of the fear around yeah. how people perceive it but it needs to be talked about it needs to be shared so you're not doing that on your own for a long time yeah, yeah. that's a month of that is i can't comprehend it and so this mom was able to be put on medications that helped her but i think that's a good segue into the fact that she talked about how one doctor kind of disregarded her and said it was it's not postpartum anxiety it's not postpartum depression and then but but talking about doctors not all doctors just like are created equal either and so you might go to one doctor who's not going to help you who might even do the wrong thing we had an experience with that yeah well one of the clients the client that we had that we just talked about i remember going to her to a doctor for support and that's the one who just gave her like a standard pamphlet from like the 80s that provided no information and then she went to a postpartum depression uh i think she said it was a psychologist that specializes in reproductive health and postpartum depression and they prescribed a mega dose of zoloft that gave her serotonin syndrome but just kept treating it as anxiety and Which kept a lot of people increased- don't even know what serotonin syndrome is right and so just do your research, like understand, like trust your body. Like she kept saying this feel something doesn't feel right. And she was trying to share that something was wrong, but no one was listening to her. So she actually can't recommend that psychologist to and people. And then she went to another doctor who was like, this 
this amount of Zoloft is way too much and yeah. figured out what was happening. Yeah. And so I guess it's like, so I feel bad saying that because it's like, go to a doctor, but the doctor might not help you. But it's like, keep going until you find a doctor who you feel like is actually helping you. Who's listening to you, but also like, like we said, listen to your body. Like understanding that it feels like your body is betraying you in a lot of ways because you are having these thoughts that you know aren't right or you're feeling ways that you know aren't the way that you should. But when you are seeking help and you're doing the right things to to find a solution when you like listen to your body and know that you still are your advocate in all of this. Like you have control over it to some degree. So like just said, like find the people that support you or give this episode to your partner or your mom or your sister and say, could you please listen to this and then do all the things they're telling me to do because I just don't have it in me to do yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Go Google these things for me so that I can find them and then tell me where to go and bring me there. Mm-hmm. And you know, like find, find your village because like I know locally we have like a crunchy mama's page and for some people that's been like their life-saving thing that's like the core of our birth community yeah, that we serve like they can go yeah. on, is that one facebook they can group go on to facebook and they can like say i'm freaking out and having these things and then this whole tribe of moms who are like back there saying like i did this i did that i did this so sometimes it can be a face so facebook groups can be pretty toxic yeah or they can be really a good place to go. Because like we said last episode, you're not alone. And I think a that's lot of women are going through this and those conversations are out there. You just have to find them or encourage someone to help you find them. It's the most important takeaway I want people to take is that they're not alone and that their experience is something that a lot of people are experiencing. And if everyone saw that everyone else out there is experiencing the same thing, we'd feel so much more connected. And then our whole lives would just open up more. Do you remember how I became a recluse for two years after I had Brock? And you'd be like, oh, maybe that's why we never saw each other. You'd be like, do you want to go to the park? I'm like, are you fucking crazy? No. I was going to say, you still do that. We did get, you got her out two nights in a row (laughs) this past past weekend. I am a bit of a recluse, but not like that. Like, I don't think I left my tiny little apartment with all four of those kids, like for two years. Because it's a lot. And even if you're not suffering from postpartum depression or anxiety, just like normal motherhood stress is a lot mm-hmm. to so deal much. with and it's hard and you still need people in that yeah you can't do it alone you can if you have to but you shouldn't trying have to. to juggle all that and feeling like you are going out and being judged while you're doing all that like it feels impossible but other moms are going through that too and um well meredith hasn't gone through that yet but me and kim have i'm oh just my God, gonna give have. my child to them we're to gonna raise. do It'll be fine. everything we can to help meredith not experience postpartum depression and anxiety i'm just gonna gonna knock all the walls down in my house so it brightens up a lot that's my number one we're gonna be your village so hard you're gonna be trying to get rid of us (laughs) i'll be like get the fuck out of my house i need to go to sleep we're not gonna be like i'm and leave my baby here do not take my baby we're not gonna be like i'm mom so hard we're gonna be like we village so hard (laughs) so hard Baby, I have so a, many bonus moms. <laughs> I have an opposite story. It's, it'll take two seconds for someone who did postpartum, right? Yeah. And it was my first experience with it. And it was when, um, ironically, she just sent me a text and I was going to talk about her anyway. But uh, my friend Natalie, who also does placentas, Nova Placenta Mama. Um, hey, girl. Anyway. She encapsulates placenta. Yes, she does. No, but I went to drop her off a meal postpartum. And Brock was, I don't know how old Brock was but Judah's younger. Anyway, I get there. Yeah. I get there and 
no one answered the door and then her kids came to the door and they're like mom's upstairs i'm like oh she must be overwhelmed and asleep and so i like knock on the door and i open it and she's getting a massage in her room by a professional masseuse yeah queen you were what the fuck is going on in here she's like girl postpartum massage everyone should have one and the first my first (laughs) thought was like anger because how dare she pay and have this happen for her? I haven't gotten an effing postpartum That massage. didn't happen to me. I haven't gotten a postpartum massage in how old is Chris? Ever. <laughs> 20. So, right. And so years? I'm like, okay, I'm just going to leave this food down here. So I did. And I'm driving away and I'm like, I just dropped off food. She's having a massage. Her kids are being taken care of by someone else. Like, everyone should fucking do that. Also, I don't know if she realized it, but what she was doing was releasing massive amounts of oxytocin. Yeah. So much oxytocin. Like, go her. Yeah. Do it. If we could all just do those things for Kim, ourselves. Kim, I would offer you a massage, but I feel like you'd punch me in the throat. I can only be massaged by Jess Devana. and I massage each other all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Devana or people I don't know that is a professional masseuse. <laughs> yeah. So Massage I mean, therapist. Basically, yes. though, we usually make Whatever. ourselves feel guilty for that self-care. So don't make yourself feel guilty for that self-care. And um, yeah, do whatever you need. Sorry, there was some things happening with some microphones. Apparently, masseuse is not PC. I apologize. <laughs> I got distracted. I'm working on my woke language. So I think I'm that, practically sleeping right I now. I think that we are ending out our episode. So all we have to say is that like, take care of yourselves. Get Please help. take care share of yourself. What, share what you're going through. If you need somebody, we can be your village. Like, call us, email us. Just send us an email. Get it all out. We'll respond. We will. Yeah. I will. I'll Jim's re- like, don't call us. I'll email respond. Us. Don't text me though. <laughs> I'm in charge of all the social media and email answering. I'll respond. Um, And I mean, other than that, all we have to say is cheers. And you got this. You got it. You can do it. It's a lot harder to cheers with plastic cups. It It doesn't get as loud. You are not alone. This this too shall pass. Somebody somebody pick that up. You shall not pass. I just just changed the like Lord of the Rings thing from none shall pass. I know. This too shall pass. I'm going to start telling Penny to say that. (laughs) 